but there's so much that we can do so much that we can do to help support you and prevent so many things right, right? i think all too often it's like we don't seek out the help mm -hmm. unless we have a problem but yeah let's seek it out and prevent the problem Hi guys, I'm your host Megan Van Diepender and this is the Empowerhood Podcast. I am so happy to have you here. You know, motherhood is hard and we are going to talk about all of the hard things that just are not talked about enough. So buckle up and enjoy this episode. Hi Lara. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. <laughs> Good. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you on here. Yes, looking forward to it. I love, um, you know, I just did one Wednesday and it's so interesting to see like the mix of like uh, local versus long distance, OT versus the community. So I'm really excited to do, to connect to the local community. Yeah, for sure. I have so many questions for you. So for all the listeners out there today, we have Laura Rowan here from Essential Pelvic Health. So we are going to talk a little bit about the pelvic floor. Um, how important it is to let it heal correctly after childbirth. And I would love to dig, <laughs> I love it, a little bit deeper too into why women aren't educated enough on this part of the body. Um, so before we get into all that, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, Lara? Who is Lara? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I am an occupational therapist by background. So that's a little bit of a unicorn, uh, a double unicorn. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, pelvic health, pelvic rehab, pelvic floor therapy is a fairly new specialty field over the past 20 plus years uh, in the, you know, medical field. That's pretty, pretty baby. Um, <clears throat> and it was predominantly physical therapists. So to be an occupational therapist, I, in my OT brain, when I started getting interested in this and really seeing um, what was out there and what was being done, it just made sense for me to do it. I mean, it's some of the most essential uh, daily functions of our body, right? Right. Um, and, <clears throat> but 15 years ago, that was not re the realization. Mm -hmm. um, physical therapists were primarily doing the work. So, mm -hmm. um, but the education was available to OTs and I, you know, got started and I fell in love. It just, really opened up a whole new world for me. And, you know, as an occupational therapist before pelvic health, I was helping people. Mm -hmm. But once I discovered pelvic health, I, I just was so passionate because I was really transforming people's lives. That's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. um, so that's who I am. I've been doing it for 15 years. Um, and then I've been, I started essential pelvic health when I moved back to my hometown. So I did, got a lot of my training in Boston and, uh, Chatham, New York is my hometown. Uh -huh. And, uh, that was about four and a half years ago. And, awesome. uh, I also teach. So now I can spread this work to more, more OTs and PTs and, um, really any wellness professionals that want to learn more because. It, it takes a team to be able to support this community and support support ourselves, right? I, mm -hmm. I say, it, but honestly, pelvic health is for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, I am a certified health coach, and I mean, I've taken classes on it just because I mostly work with postpartum or moms. And I mean, 
obviously we talk about it sometimes, you know, postpartum, but then like years down the road, people are still having, you know, issues with their pelvic floor after having a baby. Um, so it's really for any age. And like you said, any kind of person looking to better their, their wellness. Um, I'm also from Boston. So you, you were in my hometown and (laughs) now I live in New York. Um, but yeah, so what drew you to pelvic health? Like, what did you, why did you want to focus on that? So, you know, initially I was, you know, after graduating college, I was in SNPs, so skilled nursing facilities. So really my, my, you know, primary population I was working with were geriatrics and I did uh, management. So I was rehab director of of various departments. And uh, when the incontinence program rolled through, uh, (laughs) nobody was really eager to start that. So as, as a manager, I decided to head it on and um, I just started doing some very simple uh, retraining, scheduling uh, strategies and some exercises and okay. was seeing really good results with my uh, male and female clients. So mm-hmm. both, both genders um, and uh, at you know an older age. So I was, mm-hmm. it just was like, wow, this is, why aren't we doing more of this? I mean, it's, right. you know, it's beyond like a dignity, but also just, uh, you know, burden of care. Like if we can get these people in con- or continent, uh, just there's so, you know, their mm-hmm. life, quality of life is going to be so much better. Um, the whole yeah. system is going to work smoother. So um, it sparked me to go take my first pelvic floor course, not quite realizing everything that was involved. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know about the, the internal pelvic floor component. Um, I didn't know about all the other things. Like I, I had only known about the incontinence, but okay. you know, it opened up the whole, my whole world to the bladder health, the sexual health component, right. um, all the different pain disorders that are involved. And really, truly for me, really being able to sink into my mental health and mm-hmm. uh, psychosocial training as an occupational therapist and really blend those two worlds because what's physically happening in the body yeah. is is originating yeah. in the brain. Yeah, well, that's why I feel like it's so important, you know, for women that are either going to have a baby or already had a baby to really, like, focus on it because it affects how you work out, you know, all these things. So can you dig a little bit deeper and, um, like, tell us a little bit about the pelvic floor, um, like, from a woman's point of view when they're, you know, having a baby or after postpartum? Sure. So, the, you know, the pelvic floor muscles, as I kind of flash, uh Love diagrams. I love it. Yeah, I mean, so the the, pel- the bony pelvis itself is in the center of like, you know, it connects our upper body to our lower body and it holds all of the, it holds our uterus. So our, our womb, which is our creative, nurturing, growing, right? We grow mm-hmm. babies is right in the center of this. Um, but we have our bladder and our bowel. We have nerves. We have vascular supply. Um, and the pelvic floor muscles are at the heart of that. They coordinate all of those functions. They also help stabilize our pelvis when we go to move. And it's a key component to our core, right? If we look at what's mm-hmm. above it, um, the respiratory diaphragm, the abdomen, the back, the hips on the side. So it really has its hands in many different areas. Right. And you know, as um, as a human being growing a baby, we go, we undergo so many changes, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, being able to, one, most of us are not connected to our pelvic floor, right? Yeah. Unless we had to be, it's just, it just does right. what it has to do. It's 
autosomic. It's, it doesn't. Right. You don't even think about it or know that it's there. Yeah. And nor, you, nor should you, right? <laughs> right. Well, if it's working properly, exactly. it's like you don't notice it until it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> um, but, but especially going into pregnancy, I, it's, I really encourage people. We're, we're familiar with doing breast, self-breast exams, mm-hmm. but not a lot of people are doing self-vulvar exams because mm-hmm. um, if you don't know what your anatomy is like before pregnancy... Then how do you know? Like sometimes you're like, I think it's different, but we don't really know. I I was in the same camp, so I'm not making any judgment. Yeah, I wouldn't even think of that. I mean, I I don't know what I was before. <laughs> That's a great concept. I love that. So I would definitely my all right say, check it out. Right, great advice. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Then and you then, can tell you can compare it, right? I mean, that's the absolutely point. okay. Yep. And then um, you can kind of be the detective of your own body and okay. start to see these red flags. Um, and that's, you know, the pelvic floor as we are pregnant and we have to support these changes, um, it needs to change and respond mm-hmm. differently. And other things need to change and respond differently. And then once we deliver, I mean, depending on if we have a vaginal delivery or a cesarean, uh, the pelvic floor is still involved. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's not just that just the pelvic floor. That's why I refer to myself as pelvic health, because the pelvic floor is a component of this. But like I, you know, as I alluded to, it's a it's a, a component of the the bigger right. system and multiple systems. So you know, we're looking at how it interacts with the abdominal fascia. So as that grows and stretches, and then it needs to reconnect. Right. Same thing with the pelvic floor, and how can they support each other? Um, uh, yeah. The, the breathing system all gets affected, yeah. right? Yeah. That pressure can't breathe. We can't take right. it Right. Um, I mean, is it possible to be able to have a baby and not, like, damage your pelvic floor? Is that possible? Or do you always have to kind of heal that part of your body afterwards? So I would I would, um, I would not use the word damage, right? So we're not right. damaging anything. Our bodies are resilient mm-hmm. and they're designed to adapt, right? right. So our pelvic floors do the same. So okay. maybe we do have tearing. Maybe we do have um, a disconnect. Uh, maybe we do have an over response to what's okay. happened and we have tension that's causing the, the dysfunction right. and the symptoms. Um, so whatever's happening, it's just more of a uh, an adaptive response, right? It could be maladaptive okay. or right. positive, right? So, right. Um, <clears throat> yes, I mean, sometimes people can can go through this process and um, be fine, right? Right. However, <clears throat> I would encourage, even if people are fine, <laughs> uh, what does that mean? Because if right. you don't have education, I, I would say it's worth <clears throat> getting the education to understand how to connect to this part of your body mm-hmm. and how to monitor yourself for signs of healing. Because a lot of times we think we're fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, a little bit of leaking is normal. Or, you know, I've always had constipation. So, you know, this is the, just kind of the path I'm going to yeah. continue on. Um, but these are things that we can really improve on, right? Yeah. And you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> right. So, well, and yeah. I don't think we really know anything. I mean, I... I, my daughter's seven and I don't think I even realized like my pelt, there was a problem until she was like four or five. Cause I think it's put out there in our society that leaking is, it's like, Oh, you had a baby. You're just gonna, you know, you're going to leak when you sneeze or like trampoline, forget it. Like I cannot jump. I could not jump on a trampoline without like being myself. And I know this is probably TMI, but it's like, this is just 
it's like considered normal, right? And then until I was like, you know what, I think I want to like look into this further and like be able to do these things without having to worry about like, you know, going to the bathroom right before or even like lifting weights. I know a lot of people have trouble lifting weights and they leak a little bit during that. Um, so then I started kind of repairing from there and it, it went away completely, you know, after putting in the work, but no one told me that I should even be like thinking about these things. Um, so that's why I'm just so curious about all this stuff and like how to spread awareness on this subject. Yeah. I think, you know, and just like you said, like there, there are things that are, that are effective, right? We don't mm -hmm. have to be like this. So being able to get that message out there um, and, you know, we're, 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 we're working on it. I think, I think yeah. sometimes as pelvic health therapists, we preach to ourselves, like my Instagram is full of it. I'm like, everybody must be seeing this. Right. Well, I mean, it does help expand our reach. Right. Um, but I mean, I think it's, I think it's great what you said, like, don't say damage. I mean, our body can get damaged, but it's also, it's meant to be repaired, right? Like the body can always repair itself. So I think that's really important to all the women out there that we're talking to today that might be having these issues. Um, I mean, what's the most common things you see postpartum with pelvic floor health? Sure. Um, so a lot of times we'll, we'll see leakage. I mean, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, potentially within the first few days, if there's some leakage, um, if you can be mindful and, and see that go away, then that's not necessarily a problem. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but if it does continue, um, if there's any, if there's pain, right. Cause there, there may be some, um, scar tissue or the, you know, from that stretching, there may be some scar tissue or maybe during delivery, you had some stitches or if you had a cesarean, that abdominal tissue, all the, um, all the abdominal mm -hmm. tissue above the pelvic cavity, all of that is, um, interconnected, right? Okay. So what happens up here is going to affect down here. So, right. um, you know, being able to be aware, um, to mobilize that stuff. So just even, or even positioning, like to be aware of, uh, good positioning for optimal healing. Okay. Uh, a lot of times pressure, pressure management is a big focus mm. because potentially we could have some pelvic organ prolapse. Um, or if we don't have pelvic organ prolapse, uh, postpartum, acute postpartum, uh, and we're not educated on how to breathe and connect to our core and connect to our pelvic floor, um, or we're a little over eager to get back to some of the exercise or the yeah. things that we're craving to do, um, or I mean, just life, right? We got to care for this new human. Maybe we have another larger human <laughs> already right, right. in ourselves. So, um, you know, being able to understand how to reconnect and support and fortify yourself. Um, because the, if you didn't have it, um, and if you overdo it, you very well could cause prolapse, um, right. even after that delivery labor and delivery phase. So that's a big one to look out for. And, you know, the message that, oh, well, I'm not going to do anything un until that six week checkup. Right. Mm -hmm. So the message to like, get the training. If you didn't get the training, I I'd like to see it during pregnancy. Like let's support yourself and learn these mm -hmm. strategies during pregnancy. So it's not like a new thing you have to learn. I mean, postpartum timeframe is crazy, right? Totally. <laughs> yes. And anything, if you've got if you've got the the symptoms or the pain, it's harder to learn something new, right? So yes. learn it and then you can just apply it and start to reconnect and then see if you're struggling then. But that six week time frame is so imperative for vital healing. Mm -hmm. uh, you wanna make sure that you are connecting responsibly, right? And have right. those strategies. So if you didn't get the, the training during pregnancy or even before, 
definitely seek out that zero to six week time frame just because the the um, pelvic health therapist can't do internal. We're not going to do an internal assessment until the medical person has cleared them. Right. So longer than six weeks, depending. Okay. Um, but there's so much that we can do. So much that we can do to help support you and prevent so many things, right? right? I think all too often it's like we don't seek out the help mm-hmm. unless we have a problem. But yeah. let's seek out and prevent the problem. Yeah, 100%. I mean, really for everything, I just think it's it's so hard, again, in our society where we wait until we're in pain or you know, we wait until we have a huge problem and then we start seeking out help. And then it's like just a little bit harder to adapt, especially when you have a newborn or other children also, you know, running around and whatnot. Um, Do you think the six weeks is enough time to heal before working out and whatnot? Because I mean, I feel like it's just like everyone's body is different, right? But it's like, oh, six weeks, you're good. You know, go out the door and go for a run. All right, right. Yeah, no. So, um, so one, that zero to six weeks, there are things that you can be doing. So it's not like don't mm-hmm. do anything, right? right? So there are certain exercises and like, you know, not lifting weights by any means, but like there are certain mm-hmm. exercises to reconnect and, and help support your organs and your pelvic floor and your core and your breath. Um, and then at six weeks, then you can start to add on more challenge and resistance, but mm-hmm. also responsibly finding what your borders are being aware within your body what puts you a little bit at risk or over the edge and being able to monitor yourself and have those those tools and skills um and then you know running is definitely a big one that people like oh six weeks i could just start running now yeah running is hard um it's got the impact uh challenge of it it's once you start um advancing your cardiovascular and your respiratory challenge that piece of the core system has it uh, it gets taken on for the respiratory system so then the other pieces of the core system like the pelvic floor um, need to work harder so okay. it may not be able to tolerate that additional cardiovascular demand okay. along with the impact and all those things so um, there's some 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 tests that you can do to see if you have that strength that you've built up enough strength to be able to to start a program yeah. um, and then just build up to it, right? Don't, uh, if you used to run three miles, don't just jump jump back in and say, I'm just gonna. Right, that's totally it. what I did and probably why. <laughs> but I mean, no one told me any different. I'm, yeah, I wish I knew. I mean, I healed my own issues, um, you know, with strength training uh, and breathing. And I wish I had been able to start you know, with that or have someone guiding me in that direction. So, I mean, now as a health coach, I'm always like, talk to either an OT or PT first, then you can kind of start with your strength training and then you can kind of move to running after that. If you, if that's what you want, if that's your goal. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And, you know, as a trainer, so yeah, yeah, get, you know, get the foundational Mm -hmm. skills and then apply it with, with people like you. That's why the team is so important. Yeah. Well, because like you said, I mean, it, it causes other issues in your body, not just with your pelvic floor. If it's not working correctly. I mean, I've had women that have had back or neck issues or shoulder issues because of their diastasis recti or pelvic floor issues um, or hip issues because of it. Um, so it's like it's not just leaking and all that stuff. It can cause bigger issues. Right. Yeah. Because you're going to. So a lot of times the the leaking is a signal that mm-hmm. something else isn't functioning. Like the pelvic floor is usually kind of, uh, 
you know, in, in between. So being able to like start to really seek those out because, you know, and especially postpartum, a lot of times we'll, our hormones are, are, mm -hmm. are really good and uh, can like help heal and get us beyond that point. Yeah. And then we go about what we need to do. And then later in life, when we have hormone changes again in that perimenopause phase and menopause phase, okay. some of those obstetric um, things that happened that we forgot about resurface because they never actually got fully moved through. Okay. I mean, what do you think like percentage wise of women out there are walking around with pelvic floor issues today? I'm just curious, like, because <laughs> to me, I'm like, uh, I walked around for like five years with. Yeah. How, how about I answer it this way? So okay. like, you mean postpartum or just in general? Um, sure. Postpartum. Let's narrow it down a little bit. Okay. So postpartum, if you haven't sought help, I'd say probably 100% of postpartum women can learn something that's going to help support them. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, to be able to, you know, answer that, there's there's so many different imbalances and yeah. especially, you know, it's it's more the awareness, right? People like, oh, Absolutely. like if they don't identify with it just because they don't know, um, it's, you know, it's hard to to have a percentage like that. But I mean, honestly, there's that percentage is going to be pretty high just for the general public too, right? Right, right. I mean, why do you think, you know, um, OBs and midwives and stuff don't talk about it more, you know, when they are clearing people or, you know, the same with dysthesis recti and stuff. Like, why is that not talked about more? Yeah, I, you know, I think it is. I think like with anything that's newer, right, mm -hmm. new science, it just, it has that learning curve to right. be able to really integrate. And I mean, there's, and especially like if we're talking about resources in our, our local areas, there's um, you know, Family Life Center has a great like mm. midwife and the uh, doula network. Um, yes. There's lots of um, wonderful, Michelle Doyle, there's a, like lots of wonderful supports okay. out there. So, and they, they get it. They totally get it. So, yeah. um, you know, I think, but there are still, especially like, um, you know, physicians that are just not quite, um, I think they just haven't been exposed to it okay. potentially, right? Yeah. So the ones that have, and you know, I've I've, I've treated some doctors, and it's funny because they're like, "Oh, I went through med school. I must have learned about this part yeah. of my body." But it's like a black box, and you know, they're just yeah. they're thankful and happy to um, kind of get up to speed. You know, it's like anything, especially with medical practice, you have to stay on top and just Absolutely. you know learn what the new. Um, uh, uh, advances are. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, I mean, they don't necessarily have to talk about, it, but even like a referral, like, oh, you know, you just had a baby, you're about to have a baby here is, you know, a pelvic floor referral for you. Just if you want to look into it after having a baby, you know, go for it or during. Um, it's really important. That's it. I mean, that takes like 15 seconds, you know, just to like give out a card or, you know, a recommendation. And I think that would go a long way. Um, and obviously us keep spreading the word and stuff too. Absolutely. That's, that's, you know, grassroots, um, continue the conversation, uh, like, like you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's, so there's a, a federal bill that we're trying to get passed. Okay. Uh, R2430. Um, and, you know, right now as it reads that it's, you know, it's looking to get um, pelvic rehab for everyone postpartum, right? Oh, that's like, amazing. I didn't know this. Uh, and we're, so right now it reads from physical, for physical therapy and we're okay. trying to 
occupational therapy included in that. Okay. Or, or potentially a, a separate bill written so both are covered. Yeah. But you know, it's important to have both disciplines because the, you know th this is an emerging practice and it's growing and yeah. it's an underserved population and yes. um, we need all hands on deck and you know OTs and PTs are both well trained mm -hmm. and, and to collaborate they both have their unique skills in this in this area so to be able to have access to both is um, yeah. is a priority I think yeah that'd be huge so is this bill being passed in the state of New York or no it's a federal bill so oh a federal bill. bill it's, it's, it, you know, hopefully it gets passed. Um, but it's in, it's in Congress and okay. um, yeah. So it, oh, that's it huge. Yeah. I love that. That is, that would be, I mean, a life changer for sure. Just to have those options. Um, that's so it's great. You must be so excited. France, that's it. You know, we've been saying for years, well, France, you automatically, you know, postpartum, you get access X to the amount of, of, of pelvic rehab visits. So Wow. And this is through like insurance companies, you're saying like insurance would cover this. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, that's almost like you go to so many visits with your OB after birth. It's like you just add those in for your recovery. Right. Is that what you're saying? Like, that's yeah. how it would be. Wow. Yeah. That's and huge. you don't have to wait until you have a problem. Right. So you get right. seen so you can identify any potential risk risk factors. Um, you can just start to really um, be empowered in understanding mm -hmm. how your body works. Cause that's right. really, um, like when I teach, that's what I'm teaching. I'm teaching yeah. clinicians to be able to understand the mechanisms so they can understand the interventions, but then further teach their clients to understand the mechanisms so they can understand how to incorporate it into their daily life. Yeah. I mean, and I think you said before, just bringing awareness to it. And I think if it's like a bill is passed and it's included, that shows how important it is. Right. Like if people aren't like, oh, this is just an option that I can do or I can't do. It really says like, all right, you should be doing this. It puts it out there. Okay. I think that would just make such a big difference um, just in women's recovery in general. Um, yeah. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. I'm so happy. And, for you. and prioritizing it. Right. Yes. Like making a statement yeah. that, I mean, we it's so easy to overlook ourselves. Mm -hmm especially postpartum like yes. that baby comes out it's we are not even in the picture in our minds yeah. and and we need to be right we need right. to take care of the caregiver mm -hmm. and um, prioritize that so so we can do yeah. our, our well <laughs> right i mean that's my whole job basically i work with moms to help them prioritize themselves and because yeah if you don't take care of yourself who's going to take care of these kids you know it's really like it, people think it's selfish but you actually have to take care of yourself first in order to you know be who you want to be, you know? Yeah, so sure. yeah, that's huge. Um, I'm trying to think what else I had left to ask you. Um, I mean, what advice could you give to women right now that are going through these issues? Like find an OT, find a PT, like what could you, or what could they do at home to start or to find yeah. out? So first, <laughs> I mean, they can, you know, I, I have a lot of free resources. They mm -hmm. can access those. Um, you know, it's hard when you're like, out there searching and you get so much information yes. um, and kind of like the the title of this was you know way more than kegels so really you know get getting that um that uh assessment to understand what is happening in your body because kegels are fine if you just have weak or disconnected pelvic floor muscles okay. but often what we see more often than not is we see uh tension 
we see imbalances and um, we see a, things things that are a little bit more complicated away from the pelvis, right? Uh, so getting a skilled eye to be able to identify those for you, because um, it's impossible, like even for me to identify some of the things, it's possible to really self-assess. It's just so hard. Okay. Um, so being able to seek that, that good thorough assessment. Um, so then your efforts to be able to do Kegels or do pelvic floor lengthening breaths, whatever the heck that means, right? <laughs> yeah, when I was told to breathe, I was like, what do you mean breathe? Like, um, I mean, I'm an avid worker on my breathing because I think it's very important for your body. But I was like, how is that going to help my pelvic floor? But it actually did wonders, like to be able to manage the pressure, you know, going down. Um, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So, so then you know that what you're doing is actually the right things to be doing. Because if you've got... Yeah in your pelvic floor that's the driver for your symptoms um and you start squeezing it and isolating the pelvic floor okay. it's either just not going to help or it might even make it worse right and yeah. you'll get frustrated and then and then and then your just even your state of mind you know your hope your emotional state is just going to tank so yeah yeah and i think postpartum too it's so hard. Like I know for me, it was really hard because I had to stasis recti and I wasn't cleared to work out. And of course I'm doing these exercises at home, but I didn't reach out to a professional, you know, to help me. And it wasn't healing as fast as I wanted it to. And of course, when you're in this emotional state of just having a baby, your hormones are crazy. You're not sleeping. You know, it, it really, it was, it's hard. You go into like a dark place and you're also not allowed to, you know, really move your body the way you want to. So again, it's just kind of brings a little darkness to your life and, um, not at the time you want it either. You know, you have this joy of a new baby and you're feeling yeah. just not yourself. So, I mean, I think reaching out and finding that professional help is, is huge. I only have one child and I don't plan on having more, but if I had another one, I would do that <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Do it sooner than later. Don't, don't wait for it to get like yeah. that. Like you can learn during your pregnancy, then you can enjoy your pregnancy. If you can learn earlier in postpartum, then you can enjoy that time with your baby. Right. Right. Is it possible while you're pregnant to strengthen the pelvic floor enough that it wouldn't, that it would help you postpartum? Uh, yes. Like if you put in the work before. Yes. So you're going to be able to build those skills to mm -hmm. be able to connect your pelvic floor in both directions, right? So that Kegel, that shortening and lift, mm -hmm. but also that lengthening is so important to be able to give your pelvic, your, your muscles a break, right? If okay. anything's on all the time or you're right. clenching your jaw, same thing with your pelvic floor. If it's on all the time, it's mm -hmm. going to get stiff. It, you're not going to be able to move. It's not going to be able to function as well. Um, and it's probably get, not going to feel good. So um, being able to uh, just connect to that and then have those strategies afterwards right away um, is, is huge. Okay. So, you, I mean, prenatal would well, be the best time to contact you, but it's never too late, right? Even like yeah, way, exactly. okay. Even years, years, years later. Right, I mean, that was me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know women go like whole lifetimes with issues. So, yeah. But just to, to make it clear that, um, and you, there's things that you can do also to make sure that it's responsive. Okay. So a lot of times people want to, you know, do things to make sure that they don't tear, right? There's right. no 100% guarantee that if you do these things, you're not going to tear. I mean, everybody's right. different and, and labor and delivery process is going to be different. Um, but there are certain things that we go over um, during the pregnancy phase to prepare for labor and delivery mm -hmm. um, that can definitely help support you and optimize um a favorable labor and delivery. 
That's amazing. Um, and now I know you have a lot going on with this bill being passed and whatnot, but what is your um, future goals for your business? Like, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? Yeah. So, you know, COVID kind of kicked me into this education and advocacy uh, position, which I love. I didn't, I, did, I was just happy to like, you know, serve the people, <laughs> do the work. I love, I love the work. So, yeah. um, but then, you know, COVID kicked in and it, it, um, put all the, the training to a halt. So therapists that wanted to get into the field couldn't. Okay. So I was, it just was natural for me to create a course and start teaching people during that time period. And it really, um, it quickly became clear to me that this is what we needed, especially for occupational therapists to mm -hmm. feel um, welcome in the community and to feel, um, you know, to, to wipe out that imposter syndrome and yeah. to really know that they play a vital role in this. And, um, so, you know, teaching, I'm just going to continue to develop my, my courses and my, the opportunities. So right now, um, I teach in person, uh, in the Albany area, but I also live stream, um, uh, remotely. So, uh, I'm looking, you know, people travel. I had someone from Puerto Rico oh, uh, and Alaska. So people travel, but I want to make it more accessible. And so getting different satellites in person out there as well. Um, and then being able to, you know, open it up to it's, you know, it's targeted towards clinicians who are doing mm -hmm. internal work, but also, you know, other wellness professionals and doulas, anybody who's supporting this community, they can take the training. They can't um, apply the, the techniques that are outside of their scope, but they can receive them. And I think right. that that's the biggest part of what our training involves is that we we do lab work on each other and we can receive as the client would and really appreciate what they experience so we know how to communicate how to adjust our touch how to look for signs when somebody may be going through a little bit of a trauma response mm -hmm. and how to support them to not push them in um, a difficult uh, direction so um, yeah just being able to support more professionals as well that's awesome. Now, do you still see patients as well or just the, t the teaching? Okay, so you do both. Yep. And yep. you'll continue I'm to do that as well? Yes. Awesome. Yep. You should come up with a course for prenatal women that they could take online. <laughs> I mean, knowledge is power, right? And then you know, they'll come see you. Yeah, that would be amazing. Well, where can we find you, Laura? Where's the best place for everyone to find more information and all those resources that you were telling us about? Yep. So my website is probably the easiest, most direct, especially if you're looking to, to schedule an appointment. Um, so essentialpelvichealth.com. And I also have my, my courses on there as well. And then that will direct you to my, my actual course, uh, page. Okay. And then um, I have an essential pelvic health Facebook. So any like updates and new stuff or promos that are going on. Um, I have a newsletter. Um, and if you are a, this is more for those wellness professionals that are mm -hmm. supporting uh, clients with their pelvic health. Um, I have a Facebook group that I just opened up. It used to be for my, my postgraduate uh, okay. students, but uh, it's now open and um it's at uh, essential pelvic health education. Um, so you can ask to join and, 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 you know, just answer a few of the simple, simple questions to make sure that sure. it's a right fit for you. Um, and then Instagram, uh, or, you know, uh, my, uh, my partner, uh, Ali Kochi, she's a doctor of physical therapy. So she, um, helps me with PR stuff and she's a, um, pelvic health physical therapist as well and Pilates trained. So, uh, put some fun stuff up there um, as much as we can. 
Awesome. All right, all of that will be linked below. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk about this. This was so much good information. And I mean, I know it's going to really help a lot of people and hopefully, you know, push them to reach out for help and, you know. Yeah, and thank you for the work that you do and, yeah, and for getting the word out as well, so. Yeah, and let's, let's keep doing it. I'm sure we'll be working together again soon, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Have all right, thanks, one. Laura. Tell Ellie I said hi. Will do. All right, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Empowerhood is brought to you by Flourish Everyday Coaching. Check them out in the link below. And again, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. If you could take 60 seconds of your time and leave us an Apple review, this helps share the news about this podcast and help women all over the world. If you want to see the video version of this podcast, you can go to our YouTube channel and subscribe there. Thank you so much. And we'll see you at the next episode.